Hey, chaps. Happy Wednesday. So obviously, uh, all crap went loose uh, with the whole um, police conviction trial thing, Mabob, that's going on. And, um, you know, everyone's just freaking out like, oh, man, you know, it's over. Uh, you know, as if the last 20, 30 years of of civilizational decline hasn't been enough. You know, I think I think people people normalize very quickly. You know, even in South Africa right now, there's people going like, it's finally, like, this is the final straw. This is the final straw, guys. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you know, and then three months goes by and they've carried on with their life and it's normalized. And then some other scandal comes up and they're like, this is the real final straw. I'll never believe in this government again. I'll never believe the media. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Carry on, carry on outraging. And so, you know, one of the things for us that's really important is not blackpilling, is not um, outraging on one hand and folding on the other hand to things that we can't control. And so that, that's what the news, the media, the social media uh, world has, has pushed on us is frame control, right? We're, we're always being controlled uh, in our frame of like, this is what you need to be angry about. This is what you need to be afraid of. This is who's against you. This is who you're hoping will save you. Um, you know, and when you look at, at the good news, you know, I, when you read about governance, I think in Peter, the book of Peter, it says it's for, it's for the um, execution of justice on wicked men and for the celebration or the reward uh, of good men, of righteous men. And that is technically what what the news uh, media should be is just good good testimony, good news, uh, sharing of of good things. You know, demonstrating the values that you want your citizens to uphold and and live out. You know, we we have a we need to see something and and internalize it, and then we replicate it. And that that's what our churches should be. That's what our media should be. Um, it's what our our whole social lives should be is seeing other people's lives and then copying their testimonies. Right. And we do that unconsciously. That whole thing of you are the average of the five people uh, that you spend your, your life with um, the average mindset, average health, average bank account, average, whatever, you know, family life. And the media has taken up those five slots you know, our social media and our TV watching have taken the place uh, of real people in our lives. And, you know, so the guy with the suit and the hair and the, and the tie, you know, he becomes the authority figure in your life who's telling you uh, to be afraid or to be angry, uh, to fold or to outrage. And we so believe and we're so loyal and we're so um, honoring of that authority figure in our life that that's how we run our life. And so where I'm going with this is in 1 Samuel 30, David and his band of merry men uh, have been out raiding and they come back to their fort and their fort has been raided while they were away. All their women and children have been kidnapped uh, and their stuff taken. And the men are angry and they're sad and they're distressed and they're, they, they're outraged and they folded. 
And all of it is pushed at David. They want to kill him. They want to stone David. And it says David was distressed. He doesn't outrage. He doesn't fold. He strengthens himself in the Lord, right? So here is king energy. Here is, is king identity at work, right? A distressing thing happens. A, an outraging or a folding thing comes upon you. The, the waves of the storm, you know, I, I'm very clear on this. We are blessed. We have the blessing of the Lord upon us. You know, and so a lot of people would be like, oh, that bloody prosperity preacher, he's teaching that we're just blessed and and nothing's ever going to go wrong. It's like, no, 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 you can be blessed and go through a storm. You can be blessed and persecuted. You can be blessed and have enemies. In fact, if you're going to be a king, it kind of, uh, it it requires enemies. It requires boundary setting and boundary keeping. <clears throat> so you can be blessed and still have the waves of life just pummel you. The storms of life just pummel you. But it gets to this place where it's like, I'm a rock because I know who I am and I know who God is. So it says David strengthened himself in the Lord, right? He went back to this thing of like, all right, Lord, like I'm screwed. You know, and we can say that like, God, I'm screwed. Don't know what I'm going to do here. And it's like, that's where we come back to the word of the Lord of like, you've anointed me king of these people in this place. So I was away doing my job and some stuff's gone on here. So I come back to you, Lord who I'm, I'm submitted to, Lord, who I'm under authority of. You tell me to go and I'll go. You tell me to stay and I'll stay. And so you tell me what to do. You know, should I pursue these people? And the Lord says, yes, pursue. And so he pursues, he overtakes, he gets all his people back. And that's the kind of energy that we're lacking from our moral leaders. But now here's the other frame that we fall into is we're constantly expecting our church leaders. We're constantly expecting the media influencers to be the moral men, to be the kings uh, for us. And so it gets to the place now where it's like, no, 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 every man a king. You are a king over your influence, over your people, over your place, whether that's one person, whether that's 400 people, whether that's 4,000 people, whatever your influence, whatever your authority is, you have to exhibit king energy. And that king energy is not to be outraged and it's not to fold. It's to strengthen yourself in the Lord. To, to resolve, to become a rock when the, when the waves of life crash over you and then be like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do, right? So action is always the way out of fear and uh, outrage and it's action over things we can control. So the media tries to push us into this global, 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 huge scale, things we can never, ever touch or like, I will in my life probably never, ever meet Donald Trump. I will in my life never, ever meet any of these talking heads, you know, um, I will never in my life probably set foot in Minneapolis. I will probably, hey, Rob, how's it, brother? There's so many things that are pushed on us. I will never, here's the thing that a lot of people are like petrified about, right? White boys are going to start going to jail. White boys are, it's like, why? Why are you getting involved in the law? I expect to never get involved with a police officer. I'm not going to be downtown um, getting involved with, with fights and, and riots and things. I'm, I'm ne not never going to be seen down there. Why? It's stupid. It's the Amish thing, right? The Amish are building in their area dominion. In their area, wealth, land, power, family. You know, marriage and, and children uh, is the cornerstone. Uh, and then church and, and your own uh, judicial. Uh, you sort things out in-house, in-group preference, your own economy, right? You can't be fired from your local economy. You can't be fired from your own property. You focus on what you can control and you be a king within that. 
And anytime the people who you have influence over start outraging or folding to the things that are happening outside of our dominion, you say, hey, 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 boy, yeah, focus here, boy. Shut that crap off. Throw that that news, that TV out the window. Bloody block all the journalists. Block all the talking heads, right? They're, they're little Satans in the gardens. They're little demons in the trees. Did God really say? Outrage. Fold. And it's like, hey, boys, yeah, work. Are you married? Are you working hard at what you what you know God has called you to do? Yeah, in your place, among your people. Chaps, that's when it's just like white pill. Like total, you know, it's neo-Amish just crushing. You know, that's what we need to, to understand is like, if you never had the news and you never had social media, you would never know any of this stuff happens, right? We don't have run-ins with the police. Why? Because I'm not out freaking doing stupid things in in a city. I don't even live in a city, right? And some of you, you have to live in a city. You're you're by circumstance of either family or business or, or whatever it is, you're in a city. But we're getting to the place now, and this is what I really want to talk about, is reading the times. Reading the times. So if we look at Israel in the Bible, they went through times of, of captivity, times of turmoil, times of wicked kings, and, and they had incredible times of prosperity and righteous kings, right? But you had this engine of history going on that not many men could change. They couldn't change the tide, right? Same with Rome, right? Rome has this amazing uh, ocular engine of, you know, early republic, rise, uh, fall of the republic, empire, fall of the empire, barbarianism, fracture, uh, dark ages. And we're, we here in, in America, we think like, oh, you know, because our, our, our uh, time preference is so short, because we don't know who our dad was, we don't know who our grandfather was, we don't know who our great-grandfather was, we also don't know the times that they came through. And so we, we are in this, like, this tunnel vision of like, all I know is, is 1990 to 2020, like everything has to fit within this framework. And it's like, no, no, no. There's 2,000 years of ocular history, you know, hard, uh, hard times, good times, hard times, good times, weak men, strong men, weak men, strong men. And by the privilege of the Lord, by the blessing of God, we happen to be the men who are born at the cusp of the, the decadence, destruction of good times and weak men and the rise uh, of hard times and strong men. That's you and me, right? Strong men. We need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Proverbs 24 verse 10 says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. It's basically like Solomon just saying like, if you fold, your strength is small. There's something wrong with your strength being small. Where do we get that strength? David says he strengthened himself in the Lord. What, right? It's all about identity again, chaps. And then Proverbs 24 verse 5 says, a wise man is strong and increases his strength. So this is something that we've got to look at, chaps, is we cannot change, right? Unless one of you, God has ordained to become the next David or to become the next Winston Churchill or the next George Washington, which I pray to God, uh, General Franco, like that would be wonderful. Yes, pray for that. Pray for a General Franco, but don't hope in someone else coming to save you. That is, that's not king. That's not son thinking, right? Look in the mirror and be like, what am I the Franco of? What am I the George Washington of, right? And it doesn't, again, this is the meme that the media is getting us into. It's like, 
unless you're a, a governor, unless you're president, unless you're a NASA Space Force member, you aren't making a difference in life. And it's like, get married, you're making a difference. Be part of a local church, you're making a difference. Know your neighbors, go to the local coffee shop, you're making a difference, right? We have this, we have this absolute deception that we've totally forgotten the local and the practical and the and the the authority that we have in our small little insignificant life right that's all we've ever had and some of those men are you know you cannot you cannot become institutionally dominant right unless you become first tribally dominant so the amish have set themselves up with all the institutions that they can control right family economy church um property you know local economy now they're in a position sh should their software their ideology allow it but if there was ever a breakup of power a vacuum of power if the amish were in the middle east if the amish uh, instead of of the jews had been given a slip of land in the middle east it's like oh there's a power vacuum and we have m16s and we're militant instead of pa of pacifistic like you'd bet the amish superstate uh, would be ascendant because the fabric that holds together great men who are on the on the stage of of big things they have to fall back on a tribal in group you know uh patrick henry explains it perfectly he says you know he's like as for me you know give me liberty or give me death but the secret to that is assuredly if we do not hang together we will all hang separately and that's talking about tribalism it's talking about closing ranks it's talking about having uh, our the institutions that we don't have to fight over solid you know and that's where that's where it's like you can't you can't wait on a donald you can't wait on a, a franco if you are not sorting out your own person i am a brick i am a a link in the chain in the in the in the building of uh, this new tribe this new nation we are the we are the the pioneers rob brother inshallah you never have to spend time in urban minneapolis tradition exists because it is the behavior that has been proven to work over a long time horizon exactly tradition are the fences you know there's that great quote uh, don't remove a fence until you know why it was put up I uh, made that mistake myself. You know, we, back in South Africa, my dad and my grandfather put up a bunch of fences. And then when we took over, we thought we knew better. And, and so you're like, oh, what the heck is the point of this fence? Let's just take it on down. You know, and, and it's like, you don't know why a fence is in place. It's like, first understand why a fence is in place before you take it down. Otherwise, you're going to have to put it back up. And not only are you going to have to put it back up, it's going to cost 10 times the price installing a new fence um, and 10 times the labor and 10 times the effort uh, than just maintaining and keeping an old fence. <clears throat> All right, so back to reading the times. We cannot swim against the tide. One man did try to stop the tide of Rome disintegrating. One man did try to stop the tide of Israel disintegrating. One man did try to stop the tide um, of Great Britain disintegrating. One man did try to stop the tide of South Africa disintegrating, of Rhodesia disintegrating, now America disintegrating. We, we want to stand athwart history and shout stop or no, or whatever that, whatever that pithy 
Lolbatarian phrase is. But, but the point here is that the Amish, uh, the Mormons, you know, the Mormons are a great example for us because they both are peculiar, right? So the Amish are peculiar in that they, 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 they've chosen to be plain folk, plain clothes. They've chosen to shun uh, technology that, that harms the group. And I look at that with social media. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, it's amazing to be able to chat with you guys. Um, it's amazing to be encouraged and find people who, who believe what we believe. But if I didn't have this, I'd be forced, I'd be forced off of this and into my local area to go and find people who believe what I believe. And then we'd be even stronger. You know, maybe, maybe we should just burn this bloody stuff. Anyway, the Amish are so concerned about building their own institutions, their own parallel society. The Mormons, uh, to an extent, you know, they, they are mixed. They are involved in the world, but they have a peculiar in-group tribalistic morality, peculiar, a peculiar ideology that prevents them from completely being assimilated into popular culture. You know, um, Rob, Mormons are already a nation within a state. Exactly. And so what happens with, with Protestant Christians and with Roman Catholics, we are so gracious. We have zero in-group preference. We're so outwardly focused, evangelically hearted that we just want to win everybody and become like everybody so that I can minister to everybody. You know, and there's this great Babylon B uh, headline, but they said they were basically ripping off the virus, but they were saying 84% of Christians show no uh, sign of Christianity. And it's like, brilliant, you know? It's, you cannot tell most Christians from their pagan neighbors. And it's like, are they really Christian? There's nothing peculiar. We are supposed to be a peculiar people. You know, people are like, oh, the Amish take it too far. They're too peculiar. And it's like, that's fine. But at least they're practicing and you can, dis you can discern who they are. You know, and so, so for us, it's like, what is the peculiarity? Um, and, and I'd say that the number one thing for us um, is this, this, we should have zero desire to be celebrated by the popular culture and be promoted by the popular culture. When you know that you're an outsider, you don't go looking for those things. And so here's the number one thing of strength. So in negotiation, the one who is stronger is the one who can walk away. The one who is not, or the one who is not like, I have to have this at all costs. It's like, okay, then I'm going to drive the cost up, baby. Because I know that you're so invested that I decide how high you jump. Whereas if someone's like, yeah, couldn't care less, I'm out. And it's like, okay, 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 fine. Just what's your best offer? And then, and it's like, oh, now I've got you. And the problem with, with Christians in the culture, we're so petrified of being rejected by the leftist institutions. We're so petrified of being rejected from the economy, rejected from, from the love and the adoration of the news media and Hollywood. You know, if the news media had to, had to call up any, you know, majority, 99% of churches in America and be like, hey man, we're going to run a hit piece on you tomorrow um, about this. No, please, please, we'll do anything. You know, whereas the right, the right bloody um, response to a journalist asking you anything is like, like I don't talk to journalists. You, you're the bait of Satan. Rub Mormonism, Jesus the Western. I like that. Get out in some desert cowboy. Mormon social technology has allowed them to infiltrate military intelligence, intelligence agencies. They don't drink, do drugs, 
speak a foreign language. Uh, oh, they speak a foreign language from missions. Yep. Real power. And that's it. You know, language is a, is a huge thing. I often look at the Afrikaners in South Africa, the, the Dutch. They have such a huge, you know, and, and don't get it wrong. They're not the perfect, they're not the perfect monolithic example that, that the Mormons and the Amish are. They have a liberal urbanized contingent who happen to just speak the language. But the agrarian, traditional Christian Afrikaner has such a distinct advantage because he's peculiar from the culture around him, right? The culture in South Africa is that of English-speaking Western liberalism. So if you speak a different language and raise your children up in a different language, you immediately set yourself apart from that, you know? So it's, it's a huge thing. And then the second thing is how peculiar is your morality? You know, so, so as Christians, we should be um, held to a higher standard of morality, not out of law, not out of, of salvation, right? It's not salvation that we're, we're holding people to a standard to. It's community building that we're holding people standard to, right? So, you know, if we say as Christians, just for example, um, you know, we, we, we want uh, an easy one is Dave Ramsey, right? If as a community, we're going to be debt free, we choose as a community to be debt free. That's peculiar, right? You're setting yourself apart from a, a debt driven society. And then you can hold people to that standard where it's like, hey, man, if you want honor within this hierarchy, you have to show, you have to show the work, show that you are debt free. Same thing with being plain clothes, right? We're, we're going to wear a certain dress. We're not going to wear pajamas to the, to the shops. We're not going to wear, let ladies wear revealing uh, crazy clothes. Uh, we're not going to let men get away with just, uh, you know, showing up to an evening thing in a T-shirt. Um, you know, Franco famously mandated when he when he took over Spain, uh, jacket and tie mandate. You know, just like we have these crazy mask mandates, he had a jacket and tie mandate. Uh, that if you're going to be out in public, you wear a jacket and tie. And it's like, oh, that's draconian. And it's like, yeah. It also elevates the respect and identity, and it gives dignity uh, to people. Creates a good local economy of, of clothes making if your wife can become a, a really good tailor. But uh, yeah, you know, there has to be some sort of peculiarity to your tribe so that you can identify each other. So that there's, you know, gangs. Why are gangs so attractive to young boys, especially? Why is the church so, so repellent to young boys? Why are gangs so attractive to young boys, right? Number one, a, a veneration of all male space. Number two, a peculiarity. We either dress or we do or we, there has to be something peculiar that we do as a gang that sets us apart, right? In group, it creates in group, right? And and the more sacrifice needed to to do that peculiar thing, the the tighter the bond of the in group, right? And then and then most of all, mission, a purpose, right? So most gangs are territory focused. We're going to hold territory against an enemy. We're going to take territory from an enemy, right? Uh, there's a lot of economy involved, right? Money is central uh, to to making sure that we you know we want territory and prosperity that is a gang right got my sweet gang cash and and this is our territory uh and then danger and an actual skin in the game of like you know again i'm i'm for all the feds out there like we have no fear again there's no fear for us of like of fed posting because it's like none of us with an iq above room temperature um, are going to go and, and, you know, as much as, as the great memes that came from Rittenhouse 
it's like he had, you know, there was never going to, he was, he was one young boy trying to stand against history, you know? And I'm sure in, in his mind and in many people's minds, it's like, that was the spark we needed. Like everyone come into the streets and it's like, didn't happen. And then it's like, well, a throne election will be the one spark, the, the last straw. Everyone will come to the streets. Well, see what happened on, on January 6th. It's like, you know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna come at the king, if you're gonna come at the beast or, or the, the, the deep state or the system, it's like, you better not miss. You better go. You know, that was the problem. That was the problem with, with South Africa and Rhodesia, right? Rhodesia, flipping machines, they declare UDI from uh, the independence uh, from Britain in 1965. And they go hard. They're like, we're going to do this thing and we're going to take whatever comes. And so a war starts, international sanctions starts, the media starts screeching and, and the, the, the machine, the Lugan presser starts uh, going hard at like these are Nazi buggers who are just... Uh, raping and pillaging through Africa and the world needs to destroy them because they're, they're terrible scum of the earth. And for, for 10 years, they just crush. And then, you know, the terror escalates. And the, the question is, and it's not, can you become the dragon to slay the dragon? We don't want to become these. We don't want to do stupid things that you don't want to create room for the enemy to come in and then and then absolutely destroy everything because you made a few weak moves, right? But all of that being said, Rhodesia, uh, they didn't lose the war. They gave up. Same with South Africa. They didn't lose the war. They gave up. Same with America. We didn't lose the war. We gave up, right? But once the war is over, it's over, right? Don't think that you can win the war back through the same channels that it was waged against you, right? We don't have the luxury of using communist tactics. We don't have the luxury of using terrorism and international embargoes and political pressure and winning, winning the political uh, vote. You know, we don't have that luxury. So, so to let go of that thinking of trying to control all of that and be like, all right, read the times. The times are we need to create strength on a tribal, practical, small-scale level. You know, be a king where you are. And that just takes, chaps, it takes all the outrage out of your life. It's like, yes, I know a lot of guys are saying like, you know, you can't just be like, oh yeah, Minneapolis will burn, like suits them right, all these Democrat cities burning. And it's like, no, these are our cities. Like these are our, it was, they were our cities, it was our heritage. But but you're in a subjugated state. You know, same in South Africa. It's like, you, you gain nothing by identifying, us white boys gain nothing by identifying as a South African. Because it means I'm taking on the responsibilities for other groups uh, who who won't take on the responsibilities that I'm affording them, you know, the privileges that I'm affording them. So in essence, I'm I'm laying down my in-group preference when everyone else is benefiting from it but not returning it. Same in America, right? There's no there is no benefit in identifying as American uh, when you're the only group who has no benefit from from that identity from that authority and responsibility and so that's where like the amish and the mormons are at a distinct advantage because they have it's like are you american no i'm amish i'm amish like that's my my identity it's my group identity i happen to be in america you know with the mormons yes a lot of mormons are patriotic and they carry the flag and the ideals and everything like that but first and foremost they're a mormon 
And we need to get that way as Christians. And unfortunately, Christian is such a broad term that it's been gatekept and co-opted by our enemies. You know, so right now, Judeo-Christian, like Ben Shapiro is a Judeo-Christian. I mean, he's not, but, but he'll gatekeep that, right? He will tell you what a Christian is allowed to be. So, so even there, like maybe saying like, oh, I'm a Christian, you know, like I'm not an American, I'm a Christian, but it's like, well, it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything when half of Hollywood are Christians, when half of New York city are Christians, uh, when half of Washington DC are, when, when our, our, you know, th there's no, there's no peculiarity of identity. You know, if a gang the reason a gang works is because there's safety within the in-group, you know, so you know who the leader is, you know who the hierarchy is, you know what the mission is. But if all of a sudden a whole bunch of guys were like, yo, we're part of the gang. And it's like, no, you're not, you're not, you're not in. And it's like, no, 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 we're in, we're in. And it's like, you're not doing the things you haven't done the thing. You haven't shown the things you haven't, uh, you, you are not part of us. Right. Because, and how do we know that? Because we're doing the thing. We're showing the thing. We're seeing the thing. Right. And so for us, what is the thing? You know, and the thing has to be family, economy. There has to be a, a, a peculiarity of like, we're not going to we're not going to do what the culture is doing. We're not going to celebrate what the culture is celebrating. We're going to celebrate and reward men for doing a different, a peculiar game plan. Right. And that's how we get meaning instead of nihilism. And that's how we get belonging instead of despair. Right. Because we're actually offering young men something different. We're offering young men a gang. We're offering young men a local scale kingship, right? We're offering them like you have a purpose in this life. And, and we're, we have enemies who are against us. We're not victims of them, right? You know, we, chaps, that has to be a thing. We're not victims. We're not victims of the legal system. If they send us to jail, then we sing in the jail cell. You know, it's that whole thing of uh, Acts 4 verse 13. I think it's uh, Peter and, and James uh, get arrested for preaching the gospel. And so they go and sing in the jail cells and then they get beat up and they get, you know, brought before the council. And they're like, and it says they saw that these men uh, with their boldness, uh, that they had been with Jesus. And it's like, man, like those, are, those were kings. You know, they don't care if they die. Why? Because we die on a mission. And my mission is I'm not going to cower and I'm not going to outrage. I'm going to build. All right, let me catch up in the chat here. Rob, a suit can be a uniform. Yeah, sure can, you know. I think in England even, I think there's a law against political uniforms, which is hilarious. I think they're so petrified of um, who was the the uh, fascist leader with this. It'll come to me. Anyway, so in England, they banned political uniforms. So even if we all had to get a, a, sweet, um, a sweet dress code of, of nice crisp white uh, shirts and a red tie and uh, khaki slacks. It'll be like, uh, sorry, chaps, that's quite illegal. Uh, no butter knives either, please. Put your butter knives back in the drawer. Rob, tribes, gangs equals strength in numbers. Yeah. You know, and that's it. It's, it's that tribal thinking that we're wired for. You know, we get it as young men. We get it when we're playing sports. We get it when we're playing with, with other boys and, and, you know, we grow up, we are framed into, you got to be nice, got to share, you know, conquest and fighting and uh, hierarchy, the, the set, the, the pecking order of a hierarchy. Uh, it's petrifying 
to to the ladies who are are made to look after us and and weed that out of us. Derek Jordan, welcome to the chat, brother. Christ Killer Ben Shapiro. Rob Ben Shapiro has his own tribe. DVG, how's it, brother? Modern evangelical Christianity has shamed us into abandoning our own families and tribes and brotherhoods in love of soupy vague alliance to feel good Zionism and I love Jesus songs. Rob, yeah, Oswald Mosley is the guy I was thinking of. They're sweet little black uniforms and um yeah, you know, uh, DVG, you're just talking there of, of modern evangelical Christianity. The whole point of modern, uh, of Big Ava is how can we be as nice as possible to our enemy? You know, Christ says, bless your enemies, forgive your enemies. But he doesn't say become your enemies. You know, abusers deal, uh, a lot of abusers deal with their abuse, their abuser uh, by by learning how to love him. The, that Stockholm syndrome, right? So if you're getting abused, you, you, you're you too afraid to escape. You're too afraid to fight back. So you're like, well, might as well make the best of it and and become a worshiper of my abuser. And unfortunately, that's big ever, right? We've, and I don't say we, but I'm saying the the the, the church, the, the popular church, the popular culture of, of Christians in America, we've been so abused by the media. We've been so abused uh, by the deep state, by the banks, uh, by capitalism, by industry. We've been so abused by politicians. We've been so abused um, that we we start to feel like, is this what love feels like? Is this what love is? You know, and, and so we start loving the media and we start loving the banks and we start loving the big corporations. You know, and it's just like, ay, ay, ay. it's crazy. <laughs> Rob, tactical turtlenecks. Uh, chaps, our peculiar uniform is going to be turtlenecks. They'll think we're all gay, uh, but actually we'll be pretty based. Derek Jordan, we need like maybe an armband of some sort that clearly delineates it. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the other thing, you know, is, is to also, you know, I'm not a fan of, of optics, chaps. Protect the optics. But at some level, you know, it's, it's the both end. It's we should be king enough to be like, you know, screw it. We can wear freaking armbands and black turtlenecks <laughs> and walk around and, and you know, the force of our will and the force of our kingship, you know. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, it's like we don't want to play into the the frame game, the the bait. The bait is too easy, you know. Even with, with Oswald Mosley and... Uh, the reason it worked for Hitler and the Germans, they're a militaristic culture. They're, they're very authoritarian culture, right? And so to wear brown shirts and, and, and strong arm and, and it worked for them, right? And you go at the king, you best not miss. They went hard, right? They went hard. They won the machinery of state. The reason it didn't work in England, we're a very polite society. And this wearing of black and tur turtlenecks are very uncomfortable. Uh, you know, you would have been far better going with, with again, like read, read the optics of your people. And we don't want things that make our people, you know, so, so even, even for me, you know, in, in my Twitter bio, I had to, you know, I have to be very, I have to be very aware that majority of people think what I say, you know, I'd say a good 50% of people in America could listen to my stream and be like, yeah. I agree with majority, 2080. 
I agree with majority of the things you say and, you know, maybe wouldn't say it, but I agree. But I have to make it easy for people to follow me or to. It's the whole Moten Bailey, Martin Bailey strategy, right? There has to be some form of plausible deniability to the culture that, you know, because the moment you say the word Nazi, people fold. The moment you say the word white, people fold. The moment you say the word uh, patriarchy, people fold. And the left are masters of narrative and masters of optics. And, you know, in a certain extent, yes, we should be able to just, just Chad King bulldoze right over optics if we go with the king and don't miss, right? And that comes in one-on-one in -on -one stuff, person-to-person, uh, you know, our peculiarities are, are understandable to each other in person. But when it comes to the medium of mass communication, there has to be a, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine going down. And so, you know, this is where you get to the place of like, what is Anglo culture? What is Anglo tradition? And it's like, we are wholesome. We are family men. We love the countryside. We wear suit and tie and, you know, a nice Saturday afternoon of sport and a pint at the pub. You know, and if you build, if you build off of traditional affinity, then it's like, yeah, you can meme us all you want. But the moment we go and fall into the tiki torch, armband, mustache, turtleneck, it's like we're riding ourselves out of 50% of the people who would be sympathetic who would uh, be willing to give an ear and maybe change their lifestyle and escape, you know? And again, so, so, so I say this not to optics cuck, you know, not to be like, oh yes, you know, we've just got to be careful and be afraid and all this stuff. It's like, no, no, no. I say this of, we need to be strategic, right? We need to be aware that we can win far more people by being wholesome, by being, um, by being Christ-like, right? But at the same time, Christ had a whip and Christ uh, hung out with sailors and uh, Christ told people to eat his flesh and drink his blood. There's, we have, to, we have to hold both well. Rob, being fit and well put together and our men will stand out amongst the detritus. Yeah, that's exactly it, brother. Derek Jordan, reveal your power level. Laser eyes, boys. DVG, I subscribe to the idea of increasing levels of intelligence and national security, et cetera, need to know, on a need-to-know basis. As people build trust, they get to hold greater levels of treasure. Yeah, no need to cast pearls before swine. Yeah, and that's the other thing of, of revealing our power levels. You know, it's a lot of times for our own ego. You know, I've fallen into this as well. Of like, I'm going to show how brave I can be by, you know, just shocking as many people, you know, being a shock jock. And it's like, okay, gentle as doves, wise as serpents. It's a good thing to, to really go through there. DVG, even Jesus said certain things in public and then revealed more to his closer few. Uh, the transfiguration was only before his three, Peter, James, and John. Rob, I'd rather go down the river with seven studs than with a hundred shitheads. Colonel Charlie Beckwith. Yeah. You know, that's it, chaps. It's like, what are we building? You know, if, if I want to be, if I want to be some media guru and go mainstream, then I'm going to have to have mainstream optics. But, but for me, I'm like, that's not the fight we're fighting. You know, we're, our biggest thing here is in-person community building. 
our biggest thing is in-person land, wealth, power, uh, dominion uh, taking and extending. And so, you know, for there, it's like there's 7,000 men. There are 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. There are 7,000 men that we are looking for to build um, a parallel society with. And within that society, you can speak freely. And within that society, you can be peculiar and weird. And, and um, you know, we should stop expecting love and celebration from the popular culture. And that's it. I think that's the whole point of what I'm getting to here with, with not blackpilling is when you realize that the culture has nothing to give you. Yes, it can give you some money and some sex and some fame. You know, it's the whole deal with the devil thing, you know, of, of yes, it can get me some cheap thrills. But when we're, when we're talking about re-establishing Christendom, re-establishing civilization, having some form of people in place where our, our, our progeny, our, our, our next generations can live in peace, you know, that starts to take men want sacrifice towards a mission more than nihilistic pleasure seeking. You know, pleasure seeking is nice. It's nice. But if you play video games all day, it's nice. But then at the end of the day, you feel you feel empty. You feel despair. You feel nihilism, you know. But if you go and sacrifice and you go and, and do hard things to, towards a purpose that maybe you'll never even get to enjoy, there's like meaning and there's belonging. And there's shared bonds. Um, you know, and I think that's what we're going to. That's why we, we don't despair. You know, I think it's that whole thing of that meme uh, of the guys with nooses around their necks and the guys like first time, you know, as, as South Africans, it's like we've been through it all. You know, we understand that civilization, civilization doesn't explode. It doesn't crash and explode. It sinks and sinks and sinks and sinks and it never stops sinking. You know, somewhere, somewhere, I bet you, like, you know, in the far reaches of the Roman Empire, it's like, oh, it's still sinking, boys. And it's like, chaps, that was 500 years ago. Uh, it's still sinking. It never stops sinking. You know, just someone else becomes ascendant. And so, you know, that's what I've, I've often said, like, either, either we learn Polish or you learn Russian or whatever it is, and you go and you find a different, or you... That's a, that would be the only one we could assimilate into. We, we wouldn't be able to assimilate into the Chinese empire because we're not an adjacent uh, tribe. You know, we could go and find protection there and, and, and carve out an enclave uh, and do what the Amish have done. But it, it, you know, and so it comes back to this place of like, all right, this is our place. This is our people. We want to make, we want to make a stand over here. The stand is not going to be federal. The stand is not going to be global. The stand is not going to be uh, through institutions. Um, you know, you as one man, don't, are, one man are not going to stand against the tide of history. What you can do, though, is build strength. You know, when, when, uh, when God says to the Israelites who are in Babylon, they've been taken captive. They've been humbled and humiliated and, and they've been taken into captivity in Babylon. And he says to them, he says, um, build houses. Take wives, take wives for your sons, have many children, uh, plant vineyards, um, pray for the peace of the city that you're in, uh, and do not diminish, increase, increase in strength, increase in number. You know, and, and that's that's where the white pull's at, chaps. Is like, okay, we're we're at this place where what is the game plan? The game plan plan is 
family, local, um, local men together who you know, and it's like, we're going to be peculiar together. You know, it's, it's super exciting, chaps. It's, yes, it's a shame. You know, we, we have this thing of like nostalgia and like, oh God, if I could have only experienced civilization. And, you know, like we look at the boomers, half of our anger at the boomers, our resentment at the boomers is because they got to enjoy this phenomenal, uh, the decadent phase of, of civilization. But it's like, it's, it's, we've got to see it from, from this King identity of like, we're, we're here for such a time as this, like God knew that we would be here at this time. And it's like, sweet, what is our time? Our time is not decadence phase. Our time is frontier pioneers phase, right? And everyone's like, oh, space is the final frontier. And it's like, no, no, no. Civilization is the final frontier. We've lost it. It's, it's on us uh, to be the new pilgrims, to be the new wild west, to be the new uh, settlers, if you will, uh, in hostile savage lands. And it's like, that's the mindset that we need to adopt, not one of, of victimhood and, oh God, I hope that the savages leave us alone and that we just make it through the winter. It's like, no, no, no. It's like conquistador. Like we're here to conquer and build and bring dominion over this local area for generations to come. <clears throat> Rob, the remnant. Yep. Andrew Quinn, he goes all in on the libtards, but makes more enemies than friends. You make a good point about the optics. Oh, that's Brandon Martinez. Sweet. I'll look him up. Derek Jordan, your community, at least for me, starts at the church. Yeah. You know, guys, that's, that's, we need to venerate the local church, you know, and it's not easy on, on these pastors, you know, we need to uh, be praying for them. You know, it's, it's that whole thing I spoke on about not usurp, usurping other men's domains. You know, I'm not called to be a pastor. A lot of us aren't called to be in the ministry. It doesn't mean we go and dunk on our local pastor and, and we go and, and wish him evil. Cause it's like, we need as many of these guys as possible uh, to come over uh, to a more patriarchal traditional uh, king uh, mindset of thinking dominion mindset of thinking. And so we pray for that, you know, pray for, for them to, to have this revelation, pray for them to have strong men beside them rather than Jezebel's controlling them, you know, pray that they become, uh, that they grow backbone and balls and, and decide to go out in a flame of glory of, of being like, Hey, this is what, you know, men want to congregate around other strong men, you know? And so we should pray for strong, uh, pastors. Rob, we survived through improving our value as individual men, family and tribe. Yeah, exactly, man. Value and economy, martial ability and creating a culture of value. Our children will want to build on. Yeah. And that's great. You know, it's, it's this whole thing of, we need to simultaneously have, uh, the Amish engine, which is primarily, um, church, economy, family, but you also have to have the, the one, two of at some point, there's going to be a vacuum at some point there's going to, you know, so that's in South Africa, there's a law and order vacuum, you know? And so you have these pockets of tribal justice of, you know, farmers associations protecting each other of amongst the blacks. Uh, they sort their, they have their own vigilante justice and sort things out when, when things happen. But there, there's, you know, right now the, the Amish, here's the difference between South Africa and America. South Africa, whites are only 8% of the population. 
in in America, you know, whites are still fifty percent of the population. Sure, you know, they're just flooding flooding the borders, and 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 the demographic decline is huge. But but you you must not underestimate the power of communities. Uh, you know, of strong uh, in group preference in a community when all law and order breaks down. When um, you know, South Africa is a fascinating place, but it's like when you're there, you feel alive, you feel belonging. You feel meaning, you feel uh, friendship and camaraderie and and community, because the stakes are, are higher. There's no one coming to save you. There's no one looking out for you. Oh yeah, the state does it for me. The police do it for me. The pastor does it for me. It's like no, no, no. You're very, uh, you're very connected uh, to the the shortness and and the weight of life. So yeah, guys, just wanted to encourage you. You know, no black pills. Be the king who strengthens himself in the Lord for the people around you. You know, people, the normies especially, are going to be like just gobbling up news and gobbling up social media and gobbling up just either outrage or fold or both. Fold rage, rage fold, <laughs> rage fold. And it's our privilege to get to encourage the men around us, to show bravery, to show a plan. You know, a lot of men, the reason we outrage is because we don't know what to do. The reason we fold is because we don't think there is, is anything we can do. And so to be a king is to say, you know, David, to say to his 400 dudes, all right, chaps, stop dwelling on all this crap. We're going to go and do, we're going to go and do things. We're going to go and do a thing. And so, you know, give the people around you action plans, give the people around you uh, direction, give the people around you hope and vision. You know, that's, that's the king energy we, we want to, to give out to dispense. Love you, brothers. Uh, have a wonderful evening further, and we'll see you all tomorrow. Take courage.